Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. You guys can check him out on Twitter. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm Jordan Coe. You guys can find me at Raven Sit Room. And uh, Gabe, here we are again. Uh, another week. Uh, another cardiac moment at the end of the game where we were a little worried. It was a little too close for an offense from the Browns part that was just terrible in this game overall. But the Ravens walk away with the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, would you believe that? I would say that by record, they deserve it. They don't deserve to have the record they have. Um, they've been in way too many close games. I think they're like six and one in like one score games or something like that. It's it's a pretty, it's not it's not a way to um, engender trust in the, in the team moving forward. That's for sure. I, I think they're playing with fire. Um, I mean, we've seen games where they obviously have have lost because of the way they've, you know, gotten behind and not been able to come back. This one, they actually led from the beginning. They never trailed in this game, so you know that's something. Um, it wasn't because the offense was playing lights out, that's for sure. But um, you know, they were able to you know lean on their defense in this game, and that's something that's encouraging. But the offense is just kind of a a, a hot mess right now. It, it, it's it's I don't say broken beyond repair, but it's definitely broken. Um, and there needs to be some things that have to be adjusted in order for them to get to some of those, you know, peaks that we've seen um, this year and, and in the seasons past. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I mean, any game where you can have four interceptions, four turnovers, and you still win the game, um, that's that's something. Um, and I think that's indicative. And I think that, you know, of at least some part of this team coming together and, and the Browns, while having, you know, not been terribly good lately you know at least it's a good sign that the Ravens were able to kind of contain what's been a pretty mediocre offense and I think the one you know for me you know we talked about this last week in uh, the Chicago game I said there's not a whole lot to take away from this game because they were so terrible um, but also so injured and this game I think there's a little bit of a similar feeling but I think we also have the benefit of saying Cleveland's offense is just really not functional right now as well and so some concerns that existed about having to play the browns in back-to-back weeks i think go away to some degree conklin doesn't look like he was going to come back for this game the ravens seemed like they had a really good overall beat on what they wanted to be doing from you know approaching how cleveland ran the ball so we can get into kind of how they played overall but i will take away that i think that as long as the Ravens aren't stupid again, and, and I think it's fair to call them stupid this week, um, you know, the, the week two of the second game against Cleveland this year doesn't look quite as daunting as we all might have thought it was going to be when the schedule was released. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still going to be a tough a tough road ahead just because of the way the schedule is for them versus the Browns. I mean, the Browns get a week off, you know, get get some of their guys healthy, get back. They were they were down two wide receivers in this game, and I think it it showed um, they, they didn't have that ability to stretch the field. I think, you know, Jarvis Landry was the guy they were targeting down the field on some deep crossers. And that's really the only explosive plays they were getting, uh, maybe one or two of the tight end here and there. But um, when 
the, when the Ravens were basically, you know, selling out to take away the run and, and the Browns couldn't beat them over the top because their quarterback is limited and because their receiving core is limited, that, that's going to give the Ravens an advantage um, defensively. So, I mean, in two weeks, we don't know if, if they have, you know, time to game plan. Obviously, they'll they'll see what the Ravens did. They'll be able to come up with a, a different approach, I would imagine. Um, I mean, I think in the end, it comes down to their quarterback, probably. Um and that unless he gets healthier, he's just going to be a liability for them. So I don't, I don't see them as being like an obvious win, but I think it's it's definitely going to be a game that the Ravens can and, and should win um, based off of how the Browns have been playing recently. Well, and I think also, you know, the flip side of that coin is no game right now is a clear and obvious win for this Ravens team. <laughs> I, I mean, they're, they're just like, we're not seeing it right now and, and, and we need to see some of that and we can kind of, talk about improvements and kind of what we'd like to see from the offense and kind of where it felt like things weren't working and whatnot. But, you know, I think it all does start with the defense and that, you know, we, you talked a little bit about how they stacked the box, tried to stop the run against Cleveland in this game, but overall the defense played really well. And I thought that for the most part, they did a pretty good job on kind of that naked boot action look that Cleveland likes to give with those kind of like deep, like intermediate crossers and those throws forced Baker to try and make them. Obviously he didn't look healthy enough to do so, but at least put them in a tough spot and trying to convert those and trying to make them, make them work. And, and they look pretty good overall. Um, you know, I, I think there were a lot of gold stars to be handed out across the defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't go back and look at the total number of pressures that the Ravens were able to generate in this one. Um, but it seemed like Mayfield was never comfortable. Um, I think that they definitely were able to get him in a position where he was unable to kind of like, see the downfield and sketch set and, and make like a on-platform throw. Um, you mentioned some of those boot actions that Cleveland likes to do. And it seemed like the Ravens had a game plan specifically for that, where they would, um, they had like a, the weak side, like edge guy who was just there ready to put pressure in, in Mayfield's face. I think we saw, you know, Owe get after him a couple times like that. We saw Bowser, you know, get pressure in his face on a couple of those, like, you know, play action, like downfield looking passes. And, and Mayfield, I think on almost every single one of them had to throw the ball away. He, there was nowhere for him to go. Um, and that's partially due to hopefully, I mean, downfield coverage looking good, but also just not being comfortable with, with someone in his face. Um, you know, like you said, without having the all 22 yet, it's impossible to know exactly how the coverage held up on the deep end. But I do think the cornerbacks played really well in this one. Um, and what we were able to see when they were, you know, kind of actually taking shots down the field. Um that's something that the Ravens are going to have to lean on. Um, they, they were thin at cornerback in this game, but they have to be able to, I think, give their secondary, you know, the credit that they, they have to, to be able to take away defenders, especially not against like not elite wide receiver weapons. I think next week's going to be a bit of a tougher challenge against the wide receiver competition, but then the quarterback is very poor as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But um Overall, I thought it was a good game plan. You know, take away the run. They played pretty conservatively in terms of dialing up pressure. They they actually were able to get pressure with four and five for most of the game. And I think that's the difference in this one. They just, they really held the, the Browns to, and forced them to do something they weren't comfortable doing. And that's, that's leaning on Baker Mayfield to try and win the game. And he just wasn't up to the task. Yeah, well, and I think, it, it, you know, kind of working our way through the defense, I think, you know, starting on the defensive line, props to this group 
because Calais Campbell didn't play. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think it's good that if Campbell felt like he wasn't ready to play from his concussion, you know, I laud that. Actually, I think that's a good thing for the NFL. I think we need more of that, especially with the head trauma issues. But simultaneously, seeing the performance that we got from these guys, getting Brandon Williams back, really ended up making a big difference. I think their ability for the Ravens to use Ellis and Williams together to stuff the run is a really good sign for the Ravens' ability in run situations to use them together, to see those results from a really good interior like offensive line from Cleveland. Um, that, was, that was really optimistic for me. What I also liked, and you said this, the Ravens didn't bring a lot of pressure in this game. And I don't, you know what, I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but I feel like Williams and Ellis played a fair number of snaps and the Ravens still got a fair number of pressures when they needed to, especially against, you know, Wills is still a good offensive tackle. Obviously Conklin went down, um, but that's a really good sign to see kind of like being a little heavy overall in terms of how they wanted to try and defend in terms of that package and still being able to get pressure. That could be really big for this team down the stretch. Yeah, they um they actually did have a lot of defensive tackles who were took you know pass rush snaps. Um, Brandon Williams had 20 pass rush snaps in this game. Justin Matabike had 37 pass rush snaps in this game. Um, so that I mean he was by far like the leader in the clubhouse in terms of taking the the large number of reps. Um, he kind of replaced Clay's Campbell in that sense. Um, Matabike has been more of a rotational player. Uh, alongside Campbell, but Campbell's been the guy who's been out there kind of in the 70 to 80% of the snaps on a per game basis. So, you know, having Matt Abike kind of fill that role, I think he, you know, he, ad- he filled him adm- admirably. Um, he, he didn't register a ton of pressure, but he was definitely still making an impact. He had a very good, I think, game against uh, the run. Um, but, but the outside linebackers, in terms of the pressure, they, they really stepped up their game. They were constantly in the face of Mayfield, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Justin Houston had a good game. Ty Spouser had his a back to te- second game in a row where he's played exceptionally well. Um, he's really come on. I, I think he's um, really been like that guy that the Ravens need as a consistent pressure off the edge. Um, Oway had another nice game. I think he had like six pressures in this one. He had that sack on the, on the Jarvis Landry trick play. Um, so, you know, all three of them combined for probably like 12, or more pressures in this one, and that's what you need when you have, um, when you have a, a small group of outside linebackers that you lean on heavily, um, especially with someone like Bowser, who's who's also going to take a lot of snaps um, in uh, coverage. It's, it's really impress- impressive for him to be so productive um, in the pass rush while he's also being the Ravens' best coverage like linebacker at the same time. It's, he's been an exceptional player for them on their defense this year. And I also feel like the Ravens didn't use, and this is probably because they were trying to stay tight to the run lanes and run gaps, but we didn't see, even with that combination of Houston, Bowser, and OA all playing fantastic, and they really did. And and Adafe OA deserves uh, an additional shout out because he just really is coming along in terms of his development and his career. It's really, really good to see the Ravens being able to get a pass rusher and get a, a first round pick developed this quickly, um, you know, in their first year. Um we didn't see a lot of stunts or twists or kind of crazy stuff in terms of what the Ravens were doing. And we still saw them being able to get pressure against a good offensive line um, that for the most part has been pretty cohesive. And at least on the interior side, you know, strong, good, good kind of, you know, good communication, et cetera. And so I'm really optimistic about what those three guys can do. I think we'll see something very different from them probably next week against Pittsburgh where we're going to see more of those stunts twist a little bit more exotic in terms of what, what on the edge and where the Ravens are going to bring that pressure 
And additionally, Pittsburgh's offensive line is just not as good as Cleveland's as well. Um, so whether that means committing less guys to, to what they want to do in terms of the, the run game or whether they're just going to be able to win more of these one-on-ones, especially with Calais Gamble back, uh, I'm really it, – it, it's – You've got to feel pretty good about the Ravens' defensive line play and edge player play that we've had really over the last four or five weeks. Yeah, I think I think it's been honestly the, the strength of the team, and it's the reason why they've been able to eke out these close wins is because of how well the, the defense has played, um, especially the defensive line. And not to say that the secondary hasn't had its moments as well, um, but definitely, you know outside linebackers defensive linebackers inside linebackers really really the full front seven like um you know patrick queen is another name i would mention here in the group of players who's really come on um you know i think i feel like it's been mentioned over and over again at this point just when you put trash Bynes in there next to him at, at mike and allow queen to kind of you know have a little bit more free reign to just flow in this in the in this system that he's in not having to diagnose everything and just being able to kind of run and hit um it's really playing to his strengths um, and we saw multiple kind of splash plays both sideline to sideline speed some or a couple of plays where he he you know he did like a, a run blitz and and jumped in and timed the snaps and got like a huge i think it was the first play of the game where he just shot through and got a nice tackle for loss um and it really set the tone i think for the way that the ravens are going to be playing against the run in this one and they weren't going to let the browns you know run down their throats as as they've done in games past um you know it was I think it was was last year or two years ago where they ran for like 260 yards something like that like that's definitely in the in these players memories they remember that happening i think that was 2019 last year they also had a you know a game where they were able to kind of uh, put up a lot of yards on, on the ravens in that back back and forth game um was that a monday night game or i think that was a monday night game the one game yeah, it was it was it was a night. I don't remember if it was Monday night, but it was definitely a night game. I think it was a Monday night game. The Lamar Cramps game. Um, yeah, the, the Cramps game. Well, yeah. and, and you know, I thought that what the Ravens tried to do at inside linebacker was a little interesting. Josh Bynes got beat early a couple times on some deep crossers, um, kind of over the top of him, and the response was to put Christian Welsh hmm. on the field with Josh Bynes and. You know, again, without having the all 22, you know, we, we mentioned that earlier, it's hard to tell exactly what happened with that. But those deep intermediary crossers went away when after Welsh played some more of those snaps. And so I don't know if that was approach in terms of Cleveland was trying to key binds and, and use those routes to attack him, whether Welsh was just getting kind of better depth in terms of those drops. But we, we certainly didn't see it was nice that we didn't see a drop off in the inside linebacker play. Um, and that kind of intermediate level play from those guys when Welsh came in. And so he wasn't a guy. Now we'll see if he gets targeted in future games, if the Ravens continue to use him that way, what teams are doing. But it gives them a lot of chess pieces. We also saw Malik Harrison in on some of these plays. So the, the Ravens can go really run heavy in terms of who they're bringing in those game, in, in those situations, um, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, there's reason for optimism in, in terms of the front seven overall. Pa- like you said, Patrick Queen just played great. It's a nice group of guys that they've, they've got coming together right now. Yeah, Malik Harrison actually only played special teams in this one. He didn't play oh, any did defensive okay. snaps. Um, but there was, they actually got a lot of, out of board. Um, you know, he's been kind of their dime package linebacker. And he continued to play in that role. I think he, you know, he didn't do anything negatively that I can remember. Um, I don't remember him, you know, really standing out either in, in a, hugely positive way but i think that's probably a good thing when you're when you're out there in the coverage packages and he's not letting up a lot of big plays um so you know him being kind of that 
the extra defender who's got speed and some ability to kind of, um, you know, play the run if if needed. But he's kind of fit into that role um, a little bit better than what he's done in the past. So I, I like that they've been able to get some good play out of him. Obviously, you know, Queen has has been the guy who's been much improved on the against the run. Um, he's out there a little bit too in the, in the coverage game, and he's and he's I think he's getting more comfortable there. So all told, you know, you know, we we mentioned all of the guys up front. Justin Ellis, I think you, you said, you know, it's good to have him. Um, he's been solid. He continues to be solid in this game. Broderick Washington, I thought, had a really nice game. Um, being the guy who was really called upon to pick up the slack with, with Campbell uh, being out. So, you know, he's he's been out there, you know, maybe 10, 12 snaps a game. He definitely had a much bigger um, load in this one. Um, and he, I think he played well. Um, and that's the kind of thing that you need to have happen when you're down a couple of players. You need to have guys step up. Um, and it really speaks to the, the depth of this, this Ravens roster. Um, they, are, they were down cornerbacks, they were down defensive linemen, um, but they were still able to have, you know, arguably their best defensive performance on the year. Um, and, and I think that really, that really means a lot. I think, and I think going forward, that's, like I said, that's what the this team is going to have to lean on. And then you have to hope that the Ravens offense can get to, at least like an above average level. And if they can, you know, have a, one of those games that we've seen out of Lamar where he's like playing at the MVP level, then they're going to be a team that's going to be really hard to beat. Um, and when it comes to the end of the season playoffs, they're going to have to play at that level because there's going to be less room for error. You're not going to get, get quarterbacks of a Baker Mayfield caliber. Probably you're going to be playing guys like, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be playing Justin Herbert, you're going to be playing, you know, the the, the elite crop of quarterbacks. Um, and they're going to have to, you know, be able to step up when it matters. And, you know, I think the way that they've improved over the course of the season is promising. Um, it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect down the stretch, but we saw their tackling improve. There have been less coverage breakdowns in the secondary. Um, you know, just to mention, I think Geno Stone has stepped into a nice role in the secondary. I was, you know, rewatching the game. I think he was in good position in a number of, of these plays, exactly where he needed to be. Um, he may not be the most physically gifted. He may not be the fastest, but he seems like he's comfortable in the defense. He's comfortable in his role. Um, I think he's added his insertion into the lineup, at least in these dime packages, has added a little bit of stability, um, allowed Brandon Stevens to kind of settle into a role a little bit better, having them like working together. Um, so I, I think it's good where they are right now with their group of players. Um, obviously you don't want any more injuries because they're really pretty much at the limit in terms of if another guy goes down back there, they're going to be in, in some tough positions, but um, at least, you know, where they are now, I think it's, it's in a good place across the board in defense. Yeah. You know, it, it feels like the Ravens have slowly been kind of tuning up and fixing different parts of, of this defense as it goes along. I think we knew that the edge guys were a good combination early in the year. They've really figured that rotation out. The defensive line seems like it stabilized a little bit. And that was without Calais Campbell, Patrick queen moving to weak side and inside linebacker, you know, that needed some work. Um, you know, there were questions earlier in the year, whether Averett was going to be ready or not. I would say the one thing that I want to see from the defense is figuring out how and what they want to do from the safety position. And they, they need to kind of figure out 
what they're asking of that group without a true free safety. Um, I think Chuck Clark is being either asked to do too much or kind of not being used to his strengths right now. And so now that you're starting to see some stability of some of these other positions, if Jimmy Smith and Chris Westry book can get healthy and allow you to have two more pieces in the back end that they can play that way, I think we'll start to even see some improvement from the safety play. And I think that's the, to me, that's the jump forward for this defense, right? Because if the safety play can really, really turn the corner that's going to take away some of these deep plays they're going to be the guys that are going to be the extra blitzer and give you that that momentary pressure when you need it to make big plays in the middle of the field hopefully see another turnover or two because the ravens do play a lot of man out of their corners that, that comes down to safeties needing to step up into those roles if that can happen i think this ravens defense which i would say has been good lately could could take the next step and be really good to great in terms of the rest of this year. And and that very may well be the irony of all the Lamar talk and him being the MVP and the Ravens need Lamar to win, which is all of which I think is true. The irony I think to all of that is that ultimately the, the distance of which this team goes in the playoffs this year very much may fall on the defense overall, just like it always has in Baltimore. Yeah. I, I mean, one other thing I would, I would add is I think they're, maybe finally figuring out what roles the players are best at, or what I should say Wink is. Um, I think we saw that in that last drive, that the game ceiling drive with um, basically Ty Spouser being the player who was their guy that they lined up on like the go-to like option, like the guy running across the middle. Like Bowser was step for step with the tight end, two plays in a row, um, taking away they're they're kind of the, the number one option for Baker on those plays, and that's just just goes to show the versatility of him. You know, I, I said earlier he, he had such an exceptional game because he was getting pressure, but the, the ability to be not only the guy who can get pressure off the edge, you can get the sack, but then turn around and be your like one of your go-to cover guys. Um, that's you know just super important for a defense to have that flexibility that versatility um because then i mean you you can do things like what wink likes to do where he's bringing five six um i would say he didn't dial up the zero blitz which is nice um i think he probably got some heat from i would imagine from harbaugh after what happened and then the chicago game um because that's still in his playbook. Obviously, they're not completely removing it. And you might have thought this was an opportunity for them to do it. But they had cover one. They had the one guy deep. Um, and, and this game, it was um, Brandon Stevens who was playing that deep safety. You know, they had they had the uh, Clark who was probably he was either blitzing or he was taking a, a tight end. And, and they had um, Bowser on the other tight end. Um, and it was just man man on um you know they're saying we're going to take away your, your guys and we have better guys at covering than you you have um at being able to get open and that that might not work against all teams but at least you have you know faith in those guys to be able to to lock up um your your receivers in the biggest moments of the game and i think that was that was good to see yeah uh, i'm i'm more optimistic now than i have been all season about where you know, we, we think this Ravens defense might be, and that's, that's a good moment to be. And, and so let's get, let's get into the offense a little bit. And I, I mean, it, it's felt like at times this offense has been right on the cusp of like that moment, right? Like they've gone through the stuff that doesn't work and they figured out what's total crap and they've taken that out of the playbook and they figured out how they don't need to do that. And they figured out what they want their approach to be and how they want to stack and build the offense on that. And it seems like those moments start to happen sometimes late in games or during certain stretches of games. 
And then it just seems like they completely disappear. And so, I, I mean, it starts in this game with Lamar. I mean, it always starts with Lamar, no matter when we're talking about the offense, no matter what, right? Um, but it starts with Lamar. And if we're talking about it, Lamar was just, this was not Lamar's game, you know? And we've seen Lamar have some bad games in terms of his accuracy. He's had some games where he just hasn't been able to put the ball in moments where he needs to or wants to put the ball. Um, this game was not one of those games. You know, I, I think... Most of those games that I would I think back to where Lamar has been bad, it's that he has he's had he's made the right reads or the right throws, and he just hasn't quite made the right throw. I think exempting the Pittsburgh game where he kept trying to throw those outs and they kept getting undercut and picked, um, you know, and, and that was just him not being able to make those throws at that point in his career. This game was the opposite of that, where it was bad reads and bad decisions on Lamar's part, throwing into often zone coverage. Um, which usually Lamar is pretty good. You know, he's been fooled from time to time. The Buffalo playoff game is a good example. He's been fooled from time to time in zone coverages and, and made some bad throws, but never consistently as bad of reads, bad velocity of throws, bad location of throws, even into those kind of coverages that we saw in this game. Yeah, I would say the the two middle interceptions um, were like really just terrible decisions or maybe not decisions, but just like not seeing the field well or not reading the defense well. Um, and it was just, it, I mean, it's not something you'd expect to see out, out of the quarterback of, of Lamar's caliber. Um, and, and I don't know if it's due to some of the, pre- the protection break- breakdowns and he's kind of like, he's trying to make plays. I mean, I know that there's some mental, thing there where he's feeling like you know he has to be perfect and he has to make every play or else you know this this offense just isn't going to do much that 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 pressure that you know that requirement of him to be playing at at a high level is always there for him and it's i think at some points he definitely puts too much on himself um and this might have been an instance of that the other ones um, the first interception, the one that was um, intended for Andrews, got batted twice or hit by Bateman and batted by a defensive player, and then picked off. Um, that was a little bit of unluckiness. I think that I think Bateman was might have been in the wrong place there. Um, just looking at the way the route was run, um, either that that or it was just a really poor design, which I wouldn't completely throw up as possibility. Um, but I, I mean, he was also throwing into double coverage there. It wasn't a, probably a great decision either way. Um, and it, 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 I don't think it was going to be completed regardless of whether it was knocked up into the air by Bateman first. And then on the final interception, I actually, I think that was a fine decision. I think he had, you know, Andrews in one-on-one coverage. This is a bad throw. It was underthrown. Probably should have been a pass interference by the record or the by the rule of the, the playbook. Um it was clearly interfered with um, the ability to catch the ball and the defender did not really make a play on the ball at all, um, which to me is textbook pass interference, but that was not called. So it was an interception. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind that so much. I thought it was, it was, it was a good shot. I think it was just a bad, bad throw could have been a better throw, but um, he, he needs to play better. He can't make those mistakes in their early parts. Like those middle interceptions. Those are, rookie mistakes um 
And when the offense is having the struggles it's having, those are mistakes that can be backbreaking against a better team, against a team that's going to take advantage of that. Um, you need those points that they're going to put up um, on those drives. And if they had, they probably, the game probably would never have gotten to the point where it was. It would have been a laugher, most likely. Um, but, you know, it ended up not being that way. It was a close game. It was closer than it should have been. And that's a big part of the reason why, because those drives were cut short when they should have put points on the board. Yeah, I, you know, now that you're saying that and what you're saying resonates with me, I think that I am willing to cut Lamar a little bit of slack in the sense that <clears throat> the first interception was a little fluky in terms of the fact that it was essentially tipped twice, which really slows that pass down and makes it easy to intercept. I, I agree that it was pass interference on the Andrews play. It was also wildly lucky that that guy came down with that interception. Both the, both the interceptions that Lamar has thrown um, – that Andrews has like almost made a play on in both instances, basically have like fallen on his hip, not quite made their way to the ground. And the other receiver has like trapped it against his leg right before it falls to the ground. That That is super unlucky overall. Um, and it wasn't a super interceptable ball, I think. So, so in that sense, that's true. And then the third interception wasn't actually, an, it was a terrible decision, terrible decision. Um, bad throw, bad location, all of that. But it also wasn't an interception. You mentioned the terribleness of the officiating here, right? Yeah. Um, you flip the script on all three of those. I don't know that I would call this a laugher because the Ravens offense was not going to be ever guaranteed, I think, to score touchdowns in this game. It just wasn't working. But what I think the Ravens, you know, I, I the Ravens have had just have to figure out a way to find easier reads for Lamar in this offense. I would love for them to be able to kind of isolate some time for that and and either make it a situation where it's like this is an like if the blitz is coming, this is going to be the obvious read or the blitz isn't coming and you're going to be able to run the ball or figure out whatever that looks like and do whatever needs to be done in a situation like that. So, you know, overall, I, I feel like I feel like Lamar's not going to have weeks like this every week. He's going to play better than this overall. Um, but even if we take away those interceptions, which were particularly heinous in this game, and it was just I mean, it was just lucky that they won having four interceptions. The Ravens were not very good on offense, outstanding of that. It would be one thing if they were kind of moving the ball down the field, had moved the ball 40, 50, 60 yards on drives, and then there were interceptions. But, um, you know, the interceptions came early in some of those drives as well. But that, like, regardless of that, the Ravens were not very good on first and second down in this game. And I feel like when you and I were watching this game live, I kept looking at you, and every time they were in third down, I said, man, how how much have they been in second and long and third and long in this game? And, you know, there were two holding calls, one on first down and one on second down, you know, not including those as negative plays, which it's hard to evaluate how you do that. The Ravens were 3.48 and 3.41 yards per play by my count on first and second down. That's overall average for the game, right? So like even converting, you know, even a, a long play would get factored into those averages. There was no long play. There was no play longer than 13 yards that happened on either first or second down in this game. Um, and that is not going to get it done. You know, this, this, is, this is a team that has built around being on schedule on offense. They like long drives. They're constructed around long drives. It's not, it's not quite the same feel as a Shanahan offense, but they've got to figure out a way that if they're not going to be able to run the ball, how they can get four plus in terms of where they want to be on first, even or second down consistently. Uh, but, but these, these yards per play are not going to cut it. Yeah. It's been, it's been a departure from what they were doing earlier in the season when they were actually pretty successful on first down. Um, 
And it, it's weird because overall of the season, their third down conversion rate is very low. It's one of the worst in the NFL on offense. And they were kind of getting away with it because they were putting up explosive plays um, on first and second down. Um, and that hasn't been the case. It's kind of the flip. The script has flipped. Um, it, it's it's kind of like a weird parallel to the defense, which has been fantastic on third down and what was giving up explosive plays all over the place. And now is like actually settling down defensively. It seems like the offense is kind of doing the exact opposite, um, which, which isn't great. It'll be good if they're both doing well at the same time. Um, but I, I mean, I think it comes down to on first down, the same thing that we saw at times last year, and at, at times I think earlier in this year, um, before they started clicking and that's the run game and trying to force the ball on first down, trying to run the ball on first down. And it just hasn't been working. Um, we saw play after play in this one where they just were getting one, maybe two yards on first down runs. And I think there was a sack. There was a, you mentioned the holding call that hurts from, even though it doesn't go in the, in the book as a actual play, but that's the kind of thing that, kills drives you know the it's really hard to convert uh, consistently if you're not getting um any kind of yardage on first down um and when second down isn't much better it's you're third and long and then you have to kind of hope for magic i think when the ravens were successful in this game was when they were passing on first down which is what i've been saying what we've been saying for years um <laughs> they actually were pre- i mean there was a, i think one sack which set them back but Overall, when they were dropping back, they, they were much better um, in this one. They used some RPOs, I thought, effectively. I'm glad to see that. Um, Marquise Brown, I thought, played pretty well in this one. He didn't have any deep kind of looks, and he was more of a short area target in this game. But he made some really impressive plays um, with a ball in his hands, cut, turning upfield, um, picking up extra yardage. I thought that he's someone that can definitely be, you know, used more effectively in, in those positions and with those RPOs or in the quick passing game. Um, Andrews was a target in a couple that got, got positive yards. That's what they need to do. They need to just force the ball to their playmakers on early downs and get away from those runs that just aren't working. Um, because even if, like, the, the thing is, like, even if you have a successful first down run play, they're not getting explosive plays out of their running backs. Like it's just not happening. They what is the most explosive game play they've had out of a running back this game? It was Tyson Williams in week one where he broke a fourth down. That was their most explosive play on the ground all season. They haven't come close to that. They're getting maybe a ten yard gain, like at most. They they just don't have the ability to to get big plays out of their running backs. The running backs don't have the talent. They're they're not being blocked up properly. Um, Lamar Jackson could potentially, you know, give you an explosive play with his legs, but, you know, teams are really keying in on him. He's getting better explosives with scrambling than he is with design runs. So drop him back, get him easy looks. That's how you're going to get the offense on schedule. That's how you're going to get easy second down conversions. Um, you know, they're probably going to, on the second and shorts, they're going to run it and try to get that first down because that's what they do. Maybe they'll, you know, start taking a few shots if they get into a second and short uh, situation. Um, that's how you can get your explosive plays. But the runs on first down just don't serve any purpose for me. If they're not going to be successful, at least getting you like four to five yards, they're just complete, complete bad plays because there's no point in, in the downside of, of the one or the two yard or the negative play because there's no upside in them. 
Devontae Freeman, over his last three games, is averaging basically 3.3 yards carry. It's 3.5, 3.1, and 3.3 yards. We're talking about 50, 42 carries over those games. The longest two runs of those combined 52 carries are 12 and 10 yards. Um, his longest carry in this Cleveland game was eight yards. This is not getting it done at the, from the running back position. What, whatever, the, whatever the Ravens think that they're doing in the running game, it is not working. And I know Greg Roman knows how to call a run game. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but he doesn't have the talent at either running back and or offensive line to be able to do what he's doing. And he needs to make some decisions about how he wants to adjust to that because they're not getting it done. Teams are absolutely pass blitzing the Ravens in those situations. They're not able to make them pay when they're running the ball. They're not able to make them pay in terms of kind of the quick, short options in terms of what they're throwing. And so it is... Quite frankly, it's just not working right now in terms of, you know, how this team has it set up and how it's going. And so they've got to, you know, whether it's first or second down in terms of when they're doing that, obviously they're not running on third downs when they're getting so far behind the sticks. But, um, you know, they've got a, some of the sequence, I, I, I feel like some of the sequencing has not helped either. That the Ravens are running in situations where they should be using those downs as play action passes and reversing that, right? Running on the other side of that, using the play action as a threat to set up the run later and to give them more of a run. Oh, we think on third down, now that it's third and one, you know, we stopped them on that play action pass. They're a little bit more hesitant in terms of the run game, a little bit more likely to pay the play action pass. I would have flipped the way they ran the play action pass, pass passing on the goal line this game where they ran it on second down and used play action on third down. Everybody in the freaking stadium knew that that third down was going to be a play action pass and they weren't going to run it. Um, you know, once they got stepped, stuffed on that second down or they need to commit to it and actually just run it in, you know, consecutively in some of those situations. And they did that later in the game where they ran on second and short and then ran again on third and short and converted it. So I, it's either got to be a situation where they figure out how to run the ball or they just stop using it as a focal point of how they want to build and stack this offensive system. And I think it's got to be the latter. And I think if they do, we might see some progress. Yeah, I think they can run the ball a little bit um, if they do the sequencing properly. And they, they really need to pass set up the run. I think that's what they have to do. They have to make teams you know respect the pass. And then that lo- lo- loosens up the box a little bit, um, allows you to do some of those you know cool like design runs that 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 Roman has in his in his playbook. Um, especially if you're in, you know, kind of like second and short, second and medium. Um, I think using tempo is something that would help them out a lot in the run game, actually, because if you get a defense on its heels, it's a lot easier to run down their throat. Um, and, and you can just, just mix up, mix it up. Like, that's the one thing that they haven't been able to do. They've been so obvious in what they do. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like Greg Roman just like sometimes he gets it some, and he has like a really nice mix of plays and it works really well. Um, and sometimes he's just like, you're just like banging your head against the wall. Like everything looks so obvious. And it's like, you can tell by the formation, you can tell by, by the personnel, what they're going to do. And like, if we can tell it, I think you know, NFL defensive coordinators can tell it too. And, that, and that's why they've been struggling so much. The yards per play has been really bad. Um, and they're just, they're just not capable of, of getting those, um, you know, those long like drives that they, they need, that they've been trying to get, you know, all season with the running game. And 
teams are taking away the explosive downfield throws. So it's like you really just have to figure out the short passing game and, and run off of that. And then if you can take a few shots downfield, that's the opportunity might present itself. But I don't think that's going to be something that they can expect to do. Um, it's, I don't know. It, there's so many little issues, um, but it, it all starts with those first down runs that are not getting anywhere because it's, it affects their ability to, you know, have a good play on third down. Cause when they're on third and long teams are splitting and that affects their ability to protect It affects, you know, Lamar's ability to, to make a good decision. And we've seen the turnovers increase because the decision-making has been poor because he's been under pressure under duress from the, the bad situations that he's been in, in the passing game. So like, it all just comes down to better plays on first down, frankly. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, beyond that, there's, there's not a whole lot that I, I mean, we can kind of, we can kind of begrudge the offense and everything else that went wrong. I think, you know, the pass blocking is not good. Um, you know, it, it also is totally suspect. Lamar had guys in his face with regularity, both Villanueva and Makari when left alone to ISO block a good pass rusher are often going to lose. Um, in Villanueva's case, even when he gets help, sometimes he's still going to lose. Um, <clears throat> the Ravens have got to make some decisions about how they want to approach pass blocking. If that's what they're going to get. Um, are you better off down blocking, full chip, sliding, rolling the pocket, doing something different? But to expect that these edge guys half the time when they aren't, you know, when they aren't getting some kind of chip or help are going to win, um, I think is just is a fool's errand on the Ravens offensive part. Yeah, I, I think Villanueva is definitely more of an issue than Makari. I think Makari had a pretty solid game. You know, Clowney probably beat him a couple of times. Um, but you know, I think Lamar kind of hurts himself a little bit because he takes some deep drops sometimes and the Ravens don't have the most athletic and, and like long, like limbed offensive tackle. I mean, Villanueva is long, but he's just slow. And then Makari's opposite. He's got quicker feet, but he's, he's got shorter arms. So they can kind of like push, you know, a defender like around the arc a little bit, but when Lamar takes deep drops, then he's inviting that pressure. Um, and that happens a few more times than it should, I think. I think he needs to be careful as to how deep he's getting in his pass um, sets um, or how deep he's getting in his drops. And then I think if they can maybe improve on that a little bit, it might help some. Um, the interior, I think, has played pretty well, especially um, Zeitler and Bozeman, I think, have been solid all season. Um, Powers has been up and down. He's, I don't think he played very well in this game. Um, and last game he struggled too. So, you know, maybe they need to think about inserting somebody back in left guard. Although I think they've kind of been looking at continuity more so than anything else at this point. I think they like, you know, having the same set of guys out there um, because I think they would have put Phillips back in if, if they would have think thought Powers is playing terribly because, you know, Phillips did win the starting left guard role at the beginning of the season. He's healthy. Um, so you would think that maybe he would get a shot, but that hasn't been the case. Um, it's not like Powers has been playing incredibly well, so it'll be interesting. Maybe they'll make a change at some point if, if Powers continues to struggle. Um, but other than that, I mean, you, I think what you said is correct. They like, use some chips. Um, they've done that some. Uh, maybe they have to do a little more. Good news is most teams don't have pass rushers of the ta- caliber of the, of the Browns. I mean, they're probably the the hardest team that the Ravens are going to have to face in terms of the pure like talent from the edge rushers. 
Um, it looks like TJ Watt might not be available this coming week um, for the Steelers. Um, and that's going to be a huge boost for the Ravens if they don't have to go against him. So, um, you know, obviously they're going to have to play Cleveland again. And then down the stretch, they'll have, you know, there's there's some other teams with like, uh, you know, Aaron Donald and, and Von Miller out, out against the Rams. But, you know, some of the, the teams they're going to play aren't quite the caliber as what the Browns have in defensive talent. So, you know, there might be opportunities for the Ravens to try some different things in protection, but I think it's more about getting your your reads correct and getting easy throws for Lamar. Um, we saw some of that in this game, like we said with RPOs, but um, some of the quick passes just didn't seem like they were going to a, a spot that was going to succeed. You know, there's like that swing pass to Hollywood Brown. It didn't make any sense. Like there's a swing pass to Tyson Williams earlier in the game. Like they're throwing swing passes to a guy who is, has two defenders in front of him and no blocking. I don't understand the point of those plays. They had a couple of screens that they tried to set up for the wide receivers that worked better. You know, Hollywood had a nice first down conversion on us on a wide receiver screen. Um, the first third down play of the game, they tried to get Duvernay on a on a play across the, on a crosser where they had a couple of blockers set up for him, but you know the defender made a nice play and was able to bring him down. Um, but so they're trying to do some things like that, but they're also still throwing in these plays that don't make any sense. So like. I feel like every single play has to have some type of um, idea behind it, and there has to, and like you can't just put a player out there where he's going to fail. Like, and I feel like there's still too many of those those pass plays in the in the playbook. I would just get rid of them entirely. It just doesn't make sense to have, you know, a swing pass to to Hollywood Brown with nobody blocking for him within 15 yards and two defenders there. Just, I don't see the point of that. Yeah, there were multiple times where the Ravens threw outside swing passes, quick routes, whatever you want to call them, and it was one guy versus two guys. And so, who knows? Again, <clears throat> it's impossible to tell whether those are reads from Lamar, whether those are calls from upstairs, how all these parts and pieces fit together. Um, but functionally, I would say it's definitely not working. I think that the Ravens, and this is more feel than numbers, and it would be impossible for me to go back and look at this. The Ravens run a lot of these kind of like hook routes where they're trying to like attract and hold guys into zones and spots and use those angles and those pieces um, pretty regularly. And I think Lamar has been usually consistent on some of those passes, but we saw the Browns take advantage of him not being successful in those. I think the Ravens need to start mixing in more extended routes, like short digs, in routes, cutters, crossers, you know, more of these mesh concepts, like let these guys run free and make them chase. Because one of the things we are seeing from defenses now is if they're blitzing more then the tendency behind those blitzes are going to be more man. Now, the reason why that's working and the reason why we haven't seen teams get burned by that is because Lamar is getting being gotten to in that process. And so he's not, it's, he's not able to break the pocket and not able to run. And so he's not able to kind of beat whatever it is behind them in those situations. If it is zone in those situations and you do run a mesh concept, or you are running kind of like two level routes that are going in the same direction, instead of like the interception where you saw two level routes that were probably the first interception had two level routes that were maybe three yards apart from each other in terms of depth. That is not going to cut it. That basically creates two defenders in the same space on both of those guys when they kind of cross, right? Like either let them cross and use them as a picker 
or let them continue to run those routes and tell Lamar to be a little bit more patient on those because that's either going to signal to him whether they are in man or in, in zone in those situations. And those are going to be man-to-man beaters against those blitz packages and give them a chance, right? And it doesn't take that long on a, on a drag route for a wide receiver to be able to come open, especially if he knows, okay, if there's a blitz coming on this drag route, it, I, the release is going to be quick. They're not going to be playing man. I got to get out there and I got to get down the field quickly. Um, and so I think the Ravens just need to build in some of those concepts and get a, away from what they've just been doing a lot of. And so that doesn't just go into kind of, you know, we say, hey, the, the, these running game concepts aren't working. These short passing game concepts as they're currently built, which have worked for Lamar in the past, are also not working as well. And so I think the Ravens need to figure out what that is. The other thing is I would max protect more, like not even just chipping, like literally max protect, right? Let there be, I, I am totally fine with trying to use some combination of Bateman, Andrews, and Brown on deep and intermediary routes where I've got seven blockers committed to staying in. Like stop letting these running backs release because the checkdowns aren't working. Like there's no, there's no value. They're not creating openings down the field or for other receivers. Max protect because we've seen when Lamar has that time Either A, Hollywood is able to get behind this defense, Rashad is able to beat his man one-on-one, or Mark Andrews is able to find spots in zones where he gets open when you give him enough time to do that. So don't let Lamar have a guy in his face, even if that means blocking seven guys and only letting three guys go out in routes. Yeah, I, I definitely think there should be more max protect. And I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I'm, I feel like the, that deep shot to Andrews might have been a, a max protect. Um they're, they didn't do it very much in this game. Um, that's for sure. They did a lot more empty. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things you mentioned is some of the pa- like short passing game concepts. And I, I completely agree. Like, it seems like there's a lot of stick routes. Um, there's a lot of like short, like kind of like hooks, um, but like button hooks. And like, that's kind of like the extent of it. Um, there were a couple of, of mesh concepts in this game. Um, one I remember distinctly was on that last drive was the catch to Hollywood Brown. And he actually had Watkins going like over the top and he on a crosser going the other way. And he would, he would have been wide open for a first down, but you know, Jackson also felt the pressure on that and he felt like he had to get the ball out quick. Um, and that's why it went to Hollywood. But if he had, you know, been able to extend or like hold on to the ball for half a second longer, he would have had Watkins wide open for an easy first down. Um, that would have sealed the game. Um, but you know, and there, there's another there's another one where Watkins uh, should have been the first option, um, and he kind of keyed in on on Hollywood as the hot route hot read when it should have been Watkins on a kind of like a, a slant underneath. Um, I feel like they're just I don't know if it's the not looking in the the right person on these like hot reads or if it's he trusts Andrews more, he trusts Hollywood more, um, and that's where he kind of keys in if he feels the pressure and he just kind of has the, the safety blankets that he goes to. Um, but I feel like he needs to know the play design in these instances a little bit better and see who's going to be coming open. Um, so I think that there's definitely room for Lamar to be better. There's definitely room for the improvement in the, the play designs too. Um, but I, I think that in a lot of plays, um, there are guys who are open he's just not finding them. Um, like for instance, on there's a sack before the the touchdown to Andrews where, you know, Latavius Murray is wide open and in, in a in a swing route kind of situation. Uh, he, he might not have walked into the end zone, but he probably would have gotten it down to like the one yard line. Um and Lamar never looked his way. So it, it's just like one of those situations where 
the guys are open, but he's just not finding them at the right time. And, and that's definitely pressure related. Um, but I think maybe you could also build in some better easy looks. Like we saw Huntley get easy passes to his running backs last week against the Bears. There were a lot of design kind of quick passes to Freeman. Um, picked up some good gains. Lamar is capable of making those throws too. Like you don't have to make everything difficult for him just because he's the you know their starter, like MVP caliber quarterback. If there's pressure coming, dial up those those swing passes to your running back and get, let him get in space and pick up you know five ten yards. You can have your wide receivers out in front blocking, and it can be a big gain if it if it works out well. So I think there's a few areas where you know they could still be better. Um, I feel like there was a little bit more things built to help out Huntley in that game against the Bears and Lamar gets, and I'm not sure why that's the case. Lamar should be given some of these plays to help the offense run smoothly, where I feel like instead Lamar is being having a little bit too much put on his plate at times where he's being expected just to kind of do incredible things when he could be helped out a little bit more than he is. Yeah, and I, I've said this several times, and I guess Greg Roman doesn't listen to the Situation Room, and that's okay. Um, I, simplification, I think, would not be a bad thing. Um, you know, there, there's a lot that the Ravens ask of, and every NFL team does this, but there's a lot that's being asked of guys all at the same time, all at a high level, pretty consistently. And I think that the Ravens could be well served if some of that was tuned back a little bit if you're going to throw plays away anyway, if you're going to have complex plays that are going to result in one, two negative ER gains anyway, then I'm okay with rolling the pocket right, cutting the read in half, having one look for Jackson, letting him pick up one or two yards with his legs. He does a great job of avoiding that contact or getting out of bounds and just taking that as a loss all the same, right? Using that consistently, letting them build on that, put Lamar under center, give him like some naked boot action to to kind of one side or the other as a result of that. Again, give him a crosser read. And then if it's not there, just eat the play, right? Throw the ball out of bounds, take the loss. I think you're going to find that we're going to have more success doing those kind of things than what we're doing right now, where we're asking for things to develop too long. We're asking guys to block when they can't we're asking for run concepts that we're not going to see um you know be successful down the road now I, I think the one caveat i would give to that is that we did not see nick boyle very much in this game if at all um and i thought that and i need to go back and watch in the chicago game again i thought they were better in the running game when nick boyle was in two weeks ago obviously his health is still i think under some question um and so how long that's going to hold up and what we're going to get from that is definitely you know certainly a question to be had, but Tomlinson is not the run blocker that you get from Nick Boyle. And so maybe Nick Boyle coming back lets you run more on first downs, lets you have some of that, lets, lets you have a chance to, to do some of those things. And so even if it means taking another week off against Pittsburgh, which would be a really physical game for Boyle, I'm okay with that, to get him ready for the stretch run. This is a team that is first in the AFC. I think is almost guaranteed at this point, knock on wood, that's, that's a pretty big thing to say, but I think it's almost guaranteed to see one of those top seven playoff spots. And so get let the guys that need to get healthy, get healthy, you know, in, in the name of that rather than rushing them back. I think that's the right approach with him. Yeah, Boyle really didn't play much in this game, like you said. I'm not sure if it was maybe he, like, tweaked something early on because um, I feel like I saw him earlier and then he, I don't know if he played it in the second half at all. Um, but I'm trying to look up his snap count right now. He had, yeah, he had nine snaps in this game. Um, I don't know if, I can't believe that was the game plan for him just to have nine snaps. Um, 
because they had a tight end Josh Oliver who was inactive, a healthy scratch. So if if they thought that he was going to be you know able to go, I think they were probably expecting him to play a similar workload as they did the week before with like 30, 35 snaps. So that's something to uh, monitor. And I, I agree with you if he's not ready 100%, let him you know take a break, um, get let him sit out a, a week. Um, you know, lean on Tomlinson a little bit more. He's not Boyle, but I, I think he's, he's actually a solid, you know, run and blocking tight end. I'm glad the Ravens have someone who can like, kind of fill in at least partially. Um, he's not much of a pass threat, um, but, um, you know, that's okay. Uh, I think at least you have somebody out there who can do, use comfortable in the, in the run game, the run game concepts. Um, so if you need to sit down Boyle to do it, it's, not the end of the world um lead on ricard obviously they were doing that heavily before um boyle came back anyway so that's nothing new um yeah i mean i i I don't know what the answer is i think the ravens have talent at wide receiver they have talent at tight end they should be able to have a more consistent passing game um i'm not sure what the huge deal is there um i think more max protects, like you said, will be helpful. Give Lamar a more comfortable pocket, allow him to not feel so pressured and allow the routes to come open. That's one way of doing it. Also, the other way is getting designing better quick game. Like you have to do one of those two, maybe ideally both. Um, but I think if they're going to be good, it's going to be because of the passing and not because they're running the ball well, because they just don't have the talent at running back to be an explosive team if they're running the ball and the slowly matriculating the ball down the field is not working out for them this year. So I, I think that, you know, you really have to lean on Lamar's arm and hope that he can be the good Lamar, the Lamar we were seeing earlier in the season. Um, he's making good decisions, make taking shots down the field to open receivers, um, you know, hitting hitting Hollywood deep. You know, Bateman was coming on strong down the field too. I think that's just what they need to get back to if they're going to be successful down the down the stretch of the of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And um, you know, it doesn't. There are a lot of directions I think still that this Ravens team can take. There are a lot of adjustments left to be made. They've been relatively stubborn overall in terms of what we've seen from this offense. And so I think that's the question. How are you going to remake this? What are you committing to in this process of remaking it? And how are you, how are you going to implement that when it's all said and done? And so, you know, you've got some games where it's actually really valuable coming up as well to completely change up the game plan with three more divisional games still on the docket against um, no four more divisional games, right? Left on the docket of the remaining six games that this team has, those teams know Greg Roman, right? Like, like it's not a complete surprise that in a divisional game, that's the game where Lamar has his worst game from a passing perspective because they have some sense of what his tendencies are and what they want to do to generally approach this offense. So in some ways, now is the time to completely revamp it, to really roll in some really different wrinkles and to give them that feel where when, you know, Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Cincinnati come off the field in these next three games, they say, man, that is not what we were expecting from this Ravens offense. I think that could be a really big advantage if the Ravens can decide that they want to be a little less stubborn overall. Yeah. I'm going to be curious how they attack this next game against Pittsburgh because Steelers led up 200 yards rushing to the Bengals last week. Um, 
it's they've been not very good on defense. Um, and if they, especially if they're going to be without their you know their best player and TJ Watt, like I feel like the Ravens could actually you know kind of lean on their running game in that one. Maybe not, but I think that might be the approach that Ravens going to take, especially after watching the the Steelers in the past few games get kind of embarrassed. Um, first by you know you know Justin Herbert and Chargers putting 500 yards on them, and then basically the, the Bengals putting up a, a similar type effort last week. Um, their defense has not been good, so you would I think this is a week where the Ravens' offense has a chance to kind of break out of that shell. Um, this could be a good get good get healthy get back on track game and then going back against a tough defense i think the browns have a very good defense so i I don't want to take that away from them i don't think we really gave them enough credit in this game they have talent at all levels of the field um the browns do they obviously miles garrett is is really good um the clowny opposite him is very good i mean they have interior pass rushers too it's 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 a very talented team front and back on defense so that's part of why you know the Ravens struggled in this one, and I, th- I think a get-right game against the Steelers team that's actually struggling pretty heavily um, on defense is is what they could use. Um, but it's all going to come down to you know game plan and execution. So we'll see. They haven't been able to put it really together in in several weeks. So um, there's op- optimism that it could be um, you know something that looks what we expect out of the Ravens offense. But then again divisional slugfest against a team that hates the Ravens, it could get ugly too. Yeah. I fully expect that the Ravens are going to have to lean on the defense to win again next week. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, where all that comes to, comes down to what we actually get from them. But, um, you know, who knows the Ravens continue to win these games. They, they are the number one seed in the AFC. They are in control of their own destiny to have a buy. Who would have thought that with all the injuries and all the craziness of what we've seen from the season. So, Let's hope they can get it back on track and and get it right the ship and and kind of keep the things. I mean, I shouldn't say right the ship, but kind of right the things that, that aren't going right overall and and kind of get things going and, and warmed up and you know be hot at the right time as we get to the playoffs. So um, you guys can check us out on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Raven Sit Room. He's at Gabe Fergie. Thanks for joining us tonight in the Situation Room. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.